We needed a miracle. And then we got one. This beautiful and special little creature will be a revolution in the livestock industry. Our super pigs will not only be big and beautiful, they will also leave a minimal footprint on the environment, consume less feed, and produce less excretions. And most importantly, they need to taste fucking good. Expose Miranda, rescued Okja, and bring her back to you. Ten years in planning, on the cusp of a product that will feed millions. And what happens? That farmer girl is going to destroy us. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 126. Whoa. And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. Hello, hello. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news before our featured review of Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. Director Edgar Wright. I think I like Edgar Wright's movies. Let's find out. Well, we've kind of established that already. Yeah, huge man crush on it. A a review of Hot Fuzz is already out. Yeah. Unleashed on the world. I think I gave that an even number. It was a full 10 out of 10. (laughs) Only the second time in podcast history that a 10 has been awarded. Check it out. Episode 124 of the Vertical Viewing Podcast. Boom. Uh, And you can find all of our episodes. On iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Wherever you listen to podcasts, really. You can also go to verticalviewing.com if you want to have a one-night stand with the podcast, right? If you want to show us some love. Mike loves this. One time. I've just accepted that we're going this route. <laughs> well, it gets all dirty right off the top. <laughs> yeah. If you want to wham-bam, thank you, Vertical Podcast Man. You uh, go to you, There's a PayPal donation button if you want to keep it real. Just for one night, you want to just leave and you don't want to, you know... And uh, our rates are reasonable. Just yeah. pay us what you think yeah. we're worth. Yeah, one cent. If you, I, I think you can do a cent, one cent donation. Uh, I, I don't know, know if it would be worth it on PayPal, but you can. Might get docked or something. Uh, you can also, if you want to have a, a long-term relationship with the Vertical Viewing Podcast, then you go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing, where you can become a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level subscriber. Have you ever wanted to be a patron of the arts? Well, you can. You can literally become a patron. Pa- patron. A patron. Of vertical viewing. A Patron. Us. Well, what you can do when you get access, on top of getting access to the vertical viewing vault with all sorts of cool Jake Gyllenhaal reviews, uh, we go on an Aussie walkabout (laughs) where it just gets out of hand pretty fast. We wander into the holodeck. I guess we were in the holodeck the whole time. Yeah, it was a misdirect. Yeah. Uh, And then all of a sudden Darth Vader shows up. There's lightsabers. Think about this. If, if, If on Star Trek The Next Generation, if... Star Wars exists in the Star Trek universe. It would be uh, on the holodeck. You'd have like a holodeck thing. Like, man, do you want to have like a Star Wars? Yeah, let's go holodeck be, experience. Let's go do like the Luke Skywalker one. This is awesome. Inception mashup. I think I just came up with something amazing. Some fanfic. Well, that's what happened in our Aussie walkabout that mm-hmm. you can find on Patreon. What, what what do you get the ability to do when you become a patron? Well, you can be heard. You can boss us around a little. Can you? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we are doing a Dune review. Yeah, let, we, let us know what you want to review. It will be exclusive to the patrons. Uh, coming soon, hopefully, within the next few weeks, uh, Dune will go up. Thank you to Marty. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to Joseph. Thank you to you and you and whoever else becomes a patron. And you. Of the arts. Uh, yeah, if you want us to review any movie, I guess under three hours, hopefully. I mean, be well, reasonable. Just try to be reasonable. As long as they're not stupid. Like. I don't want to review, like, The Human Centipede. Well, well that's fair. Do you? <laughs> I think we always you were have. You like, I wanted to. <laughs> we always have the, uh, the final say. Just keep that in mind. But, I don't uh, know. We'll take your, I don't know. We'll do take we? your request. Do we? Yeah, we do. That's Please how this works. let us know. Patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Well, we, as long as Boss us around. As long as they're not reviews like The Last Witch Hunter. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. We totally hung him out to dry on that one. <laughs> Uh, your thoughts and recommendations can go to our email address. It's verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Twitter and Instagram at Vertical Viewing, Vertical Viewing Podcast. Boom. Please go to Letterboxd. I'm still keeping it alive. The dream stays alive, guys, even though you'll never join me. Red was trying to figure out, oh, man, what movies? I wish there was some way I could track all the movies I've seen in some sort of list form and no, I don't, understand. Like, oh, I don't need to track the ones I've seen. Well, just... letterbox.com. Scott yeah. mentions it every week, and he doesn't get paid. Yeah. Also, I don't get paid by Casper. I, I, I mean, because friendly fuck, ghost. Fuck their dead. He can't pay anybody. No, yeah, Casper. We could talk about like Twitter and Facebook <laughs> and stuff too, but we don't. Uh, guys, the show can go on here. There's a few pieces of news, though. I'm curious. What are they? Well, this one's huge. Oh, is it? They're making the accountant too. Wow, I remember that we talked about this a little bit, and that's pretty cool. Well, we had a uh, we had a review of the accountant one. Mm-hmm. Why are they making the accountant two? Because it made, I think, like 150 mil or maybe more. I think it actually made a crap ton of money. It's like Asperger's the superpower. It isn't good, right? It's not good at all. It's so bad. The ending's really great, though, because they uh, they find the, the, you know, the girl who's giving the commands out to, you know, sort of like the central intelligence agency, but this little splinter group happens to be this girl giving commands on a cool computer. Hey, is that a water-cooled PC? You could hack into the Pentagon with that thing. Bum, bum, bum. So wait, that's, that's all I need is a water-cooled PC? Because it's water-cooled. But man, that thing could hack into the Pentagon. <laughs> what? See, so th- th- what? that's maybe account to Pentagon <laughs> hack? That's is this happening simply because the scene, because John Bernthal is a great actor? I think that's and, what... And like, that scene really made the movie? Yeah, spoilers. No one cares. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, the accountant to... Would probably involve John Bernthal and Ben Affleck, maybe. The, the two brother characters teaming up to take down dudes. One guy crunching the numbers, the other guy pulling the trigger. Or maybe they both pull triggers, right? They're, they both seem to be pretty good at pulling triggers. They're cleaners, yeah. Mm-hmm. The accountant sucks. Yeah, don't see it. It's, no. The accountant, too, will suck. Uh, guys, the other piece of news that's kind of cool is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that the, the Deadpool sequel... Is choosing the the Skucks life. Do you want to elaborate? No, on no. what perhaps that means for the listeners who haven't seen Hunt for the oh, Wilder People. Julian Dennison, the Wilder People, the Wilder person. He's the Wilder person. Uh, he's he's joining the cast of Deadpool too. 
Do we know who he's going in to play? What capacity will he be in the film? Well, I, I, the, the photo we saw is just him riding on Deadpool's, like he's like piggybacking on Deadpool on the top of the roof or some building. I don't know what's going on. I'm already laughing at the idea of of the jokes that are going to be flying back and forth between Deadpool and whoever this kid it's going to be amazing like just imagine deadpool being in hunt for wilder people or something like in the woods with him <laughs> like the stuff they would have said to each other or something you know what i mean i think it's perfect and i'm not even a huge fan of of the hunt but this this thing is just going to make it weird and having a a, a a younger sidekick i think is perfect for deadpool uh and he this kid is probably old enough to I don't think he's going to look the same. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll well, have grown by the time we see him again. There's the you can see the set photos. Yeah, um, guys, we can get the show on for real though. Yeah, maybe we should start. Red, you watched Oakja. I did. I, I watched only it. watched a couple things. I think we probably all checked out this uh, Oakja indeed. Oakja. So, what do we think about this thing? It's Bong Joon Ho's new movie. Yes, it's interesting. Um, I think that. You said it best when you described it as uneven. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through real highs and lows with this one. I, you know, some parts were really cool and well done, and I liked the ideas they were playing with. But other parts, I just got kind of bored, and it felt like it was dragging, and it was cartoonish, and and really played for some low hanging fruit at times. So. Uh, but, I mean, uh, on the we whole, know, we know that as a as a Korean film, we're we're we know it's going to play with genre a lot, and it's going to jump between drama and comedy. Yeah, and- of course. I mean, I, I'm I love a lot of uh, Korean films, um, especially maybe Old Boy, uh, which is pretty cool. Very different from Okja. But <laughs> did you like Snowpiercer? Uh, Snowpiercer, yes. Did you like The Host? These are Bong Joon Ho's right, films, right? I did like Snowpiercer. Um, I haven't seen The Host. Uh, I heard really good things about it, um, but this one, on the whole, it didn't really do what I wanted it to do. I'll okay. say that it was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, it it just kind of came off like a kiddie movie for me near the end. Um, isn't that isn't that kind of what it's going to me? I felt like this was supposed to be a Miyazaki film. That's in live I kept, action. I kept thinking about my neighbor Totoro. Like, yeah, like, he looks like like Okja, the the little girl. Uh, she looks Mija, like Mija would be one of the sisters straight out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the older sister. Um, but I, so. I understand it. it uh, to me, it doesn't fully work either. I think I might have been a lot warmer on it than you, uh, Mike. You, you, I think you really liked it. I thought it was the most effective um, yeah. way to become a vegetarian. <laughs> like, this movie made me want to... Like, I'm still going to eat meat. Let's, let's be real. But compared to a bunch of other documentaries of real life, this dramatization of how awful shit can be for uh, food-grade animals was intense. Like towards the end when it became a uh, concentration camp was just really harrowing. Uh, I was not I was not expecting this. I uh, expected it to be a little bit more childish, but then the realities are like come at you in full speed and you're forced to confront what happens to 
not only Okja, but just animals in general and how shitty everything is and how people are so apathetic and don't care about how the animals are treated because they're just going to be food anyway and how the corporations are really just in it for money like in at the end of the day and i thought it was an interesting meditation on all of that it's subtle as a sledgehammer do you think that it would have been different because like to me one of the weaknesses was that like you didn't need it to be a super pig like this whole thing didn't about the super pig was secondary and could have been removed from the film to no effect like well i don't know because i think it was a pretty major plot point about corporations pulling the wool over people's eyes and like how easily the public is fooled like here's this great super pig competition so you don't see all this other shit we're doing and you you don't care anyway like at the end when shit hit the fan and the corporation all, all everything was unveiled to the public and then uh, Nancy came in she's like well no one fucking cares anyway cuz it's going to be cheap tasty meat yeah like really why did you go to all this trouble to just try and fool the public when they don't give a shit like nobody's going to as a whole they're not going to stand up and and do anything about yeah, it yeah and we have thousands of super pigs you know millions even yeah yeah like this is a giant industry you're not going to stop it with just one Right. It reminds me of that lady who was feeding water, giving water to pigs on a pig truck that was headed for a slaughterhouse. I think she got charged with mischief or something or vandalism or I don't know. Well, what I found interesting about this is they went with a super pig, like a genetically modified pig. And pig flesh is the closest to human flesh that there is. So that definitely has some significance here. How they're like an animal that is very close to us being humans. Oh, to us be two humans anyway, uh, and then now we've made them. And like, even though they're super pig and even more intelligent than regular pigs and closer to being like us, no one gives a shit still, other than the elves. Well, I think also it's GMO stuff, right? It's the pig is designed to be as efficient uh, as yeah. possible as an organism, right? It it's it and it's delicious. Not, yeah, it's it's as delicious as possible. It doesn't. It doesn't t- require a lot of resources. It, it, it's the most efficient piece of livestock that we can engineer, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, I like the, the first half of this movie up until that amazing central action sequence, which you got to... Yeah, the, the chase yeah. scene in the middle of this movie is phenomenal. Absolutely, yeah. As, honest to God, that sequence, as good as anything, maybe even in Baby Driver, for real. Like, it is... That's a push, I think. It's not cut together to music in such a sexy way, sorry. Which is well, part of what makes a movie awesome. And the driving itself isn't nearly as impressive. But, I, th- but. I, th- I was on the edge of my seat just as much as I was in Baby Driver. During that sequence, I gotta say, Mija is fucking amazing. She's doing parkour off... I don't care that it makes no sense, but she's doing parkour off the sides of buildings, sliding through dirt, like hanging off the backs of trucks. She's unstoppable. She's like a 12-year-old who can kick so much ass. Like, you cannot stop her. I love it, man. She loves Okja, and she's gonna... She's gonna get to her super pig. Well, she's gonna pull, like, Michael Bay kind of stunt jumps (laughs) to get... Okja back. Uh, I thought that the movie, that's where, after that is when it really went downhill. Um, but, yeah, the Klezmer music, kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, I mean, and uh, our, our central villainess, perhaps. Well, Tilda Swinton, when she comes on the scene with the braces. I love that she plays 
two characters. The the intro is so like, amazing. Again, like that's so yeah, good. She's she's crazy. Um but the the opening sequence just establishes all the satire, right? We have like a fake ad and Tilda Swinton is the new head of this Miranda Corporation and all of this uh Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, she, like we get a sense of cartoonishness right off the bat. So technically we shouldn't be like it, none of this should take us by surprise when we when we meet characters like Jake Gyllenhaal, who I think is probably he might ruin the movie to some degree. I don't know if you guys. I don't know. I actually, he's hilarious, but it's turned up to eleven. He he did what they asked him to, and he take. I think he is like a actually like a really serious actor. So they were like, "This is the character," and he was just like, Fuck "All right, you. here we go." I think he's sabota- He's like sabotaging the movie a little bit. Uh, I I think he like. I don't, I don't want to give spoilers, but like near the end when we see him, sort of in a very important moment and you see hit he i think he played that part really well actually there was one scene with him towards the end where he you see that he's really tortured you know his line um i'm an animal lover um yeah like what am i what am i doing here yeah um i really liked his character because that scene really explains a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, because he's a larger than life personality because he has a show like say steve Irwin was a, a closest comparison. That's kind of what they're going um, for, yeah. But he's also in this situation where he's the face of a corporation and he's not necessarily... He doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. Like So he is like just manic. He cannot reconcile what he's doing with who he is and it's just this weird like it just he's broken he's a broken yeah. person yeah so it's uh i thought it was really interesting to watch him his intro is amazing when he's climbing up the hill he's like ah oh, oh my god like he's just got this <laughs> and, high and how voice. he changes like how when she comes over for an autograph oh, and, he's just and profanity he's like, and but he goes from he does a full 180 as soon as she's like can i have your autograph he's like oh a fan yeah. and like he's like immediately yeah. oh it's just hard to be on all the time like I was. I liked him. I, I I thought that he is just a bit too ludicrous. There are a some... bit too off the wall. Well, it was interesting because a lot of the performance that happens later uh, that he delivers is really him trying to. It seemed to me like he's trying to be the villain because it's easier for him to do what he's doing. Like he's, he he recognizes that he's not doing what he wants to be doing, so he's just going to play this villain role. Yeah, and just like blow it out. Like he's acting in the movie to convince himself that it's okay for him to be doing what he's doing. I think ultimately the movie conflicted me because I, I still am not going to deny the fact that pork chops and bacon taste and sausages. They they taste delicious. Yeah. I mean, they never will not taste delicious. So at the, when they, when they take that little, piece out of Oakja's side and they cook it up it still looks delicious and when they eat it i think oh i know that that would taste when like bre- that's like breakfast sausage or something yeah. <laughs> that's his review <laughs> i i just i i it, it, i understand that it it makes look factory farming you know and, and factory he, farming is it's atrocious. Disgust, it is a, yeah on on that scale and the way it's done is disgusting but i still i guess that's what's nice about the movie is it doesn't necessarily say eating meat is wrong it's it's more just it's anti-corporation well rather than anti-factory farms yeah anti-corporation for sure um i really 
It's for free range pigs. Really, it, it does start off a little cartoony, but it's it's more of a reality check than anything. It's like, hey, here's this cartoony like kids setup. Like if this was Miyazaki film, and it gets dark. Kids would be watching it, yeah. and then there'd be this valuable lesson. Like this is what you're eating. Like well, this is how mm-hmm. it is. That's this why, is I, love- why I connect. What, like why I asked or why I was saying like I don't think it has to be a super pig because you could do this like. Those scenes are in a real meat processing plant. Like, just show real pigs. Like, it's yeah. fucking horrible you don't what need happens, to, You don't right? need to have any CGI or fake it. Right? It's like, all just... Like, what I was thinking about was um, how I, I was surprised that you said that because you're from, like, a farming community a little bit. Yeah. And, like, I have a friend uh, who grew up on a farm and raised his own cow and watched his cow grow and, like, this cow was his beloved animal and then once it reached a certain age, he watched it go off to slaughter. And to this day, he won't eat meat unless it's cooked well done. Because, like, he has trauma associated with, like, raising an animal that, yeah. is, that is livestock. It would have so, been better to just go hunting and shoot a deer that he'd yeah. never seen before. Like, all the scenes where he, she's whispering, Mija's whispering in Okja's ear. And, like, it shows, the like, the animal listening and, and you know, they're communicating and doing that. Like, people have those relationships with livestock right now. My, I have a friend with a pet pig. He's got a pig pen in his backyard. Like, these animals are... Es- Esther the Wonder Pig is from Georgetown. Uh, I do not know Esther, but my friend is actually, he named his Colonel Bacon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that to top off our Okta review, it's it's an uneven movie with a lot to say and a crazy imagination. Like, it's... It's it, kind of cool. It's unlike anything that's on Netflix, to be honest. It's completely insane. Uh, the My favorite shot in the movie, I shared it with you guys in our Google chat, is a, it's basically a direct, like image yeah for replication it. of the photo of the bin laden raid which i guess is some sort of war room from some sort of war room in the white house yeah if if anyone recalls this photo it's the night that bin laden was shot and it's a photo of hillary clinton with her you know mouth her hand All over her mouth and and they're Barack all obama in the corner they're surrounding a monitor the screen, yeah watching the whole situation go down and the, the it's again it's not subtle at all and they cut to this scene a few times, but uh, they're they're making the point pretty heavily here. I liked it a lot more than Snowpiercer. I will admit, hmm. way way more. I thought Snowpiercer was kind of idiotic. To be Have honest, you read with you. the graphic novel of Snowpiercer? No, the Transpierce Nege. Uh, yeah, I would say I I enjoyed Okja quite a bit, but it was also like it it was very affecting. Um, mm-hmm. like it with the whole concentration camp, uh, set yeah, up, it goes, it goes down and it, it gets really dark. Um, guys, there's other stuff that we might've watched. Yeah. yeah Fire, other things. Firebase, the new Oats Studios movie came out. That was really cool. I actually didn't get a chance to watch it yet. No, oh, no. you maybe, should, we should watch like it on the break. Maybe. More floating liquidy goodness with blood guts coming out. Yeah. Th- this one's in the Vietnam war. Weird classified events. And, uh, yeah, it, it's there's sort of, like there's some psychic shit happening. Tanks and dudes. Is are, it psychic? Like we don't know what's going on. Yeah, maybe time and space are getting warped. I don't know. Yeah, like stuff is like tanks and people are floating up into the sky. Thousands soldiers. of soldiers just MIA. And there's this river god who's made out of human meat and bones. So Holy crazy. Crap. It's the a base. God. Imagine Vietnam War. You're fighting in the Vietnam War, and all of a sudden, giant skeleton dudes with meat covering their. 
the flesh of the dead like, like all over you, their bodies well a, a walking skeleton approaches you and as he approaches you like the meat off of all of your dead friends that he's killed assembles onto him as if a suit of armor creating some weird halo destiny monster and Jeez. he like you something know, out of doing these it's something with, out of doom or something it's pretty scary uh so. and then not to spoil too much of this video but it is it is a setup for a feature movie that I want to see desperately because it ends on such a dope cliffhanger where they outfit this one dude in what they call a relativity castle. You remember that? So it like it's it, like a suit. The gods sort of crazy powers won't work inside his bubble. They can like kind of fuck up time and space. Jesus. Uh, and this they get, this guy gets this awesome suit of armor. It's, it's like a bubble that protects his time and space from manipulation by this river god, dude. And the end of the thing is basically him going into battle about to face off against this river god. And it Looks and it ends cool. and says, hey, hey, you want to see a feature movie of like super soldier versus the river god in Vietnam? Yeah, give visit us, us at Oat Studio. Give Jesus. us some fucking money. <laughs> Jesus. It's okay. amazing. Okay, yeah, I got Check it. it out. I thought it was way better than Raka. It's more substantial, I think. I, yeah, I felt like there was a lot more to hold on to. And I, yeah. I, I was at the end of it, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Raka, I felt like that was good enough. Yeah, Raka was okay. Just on its own. You can leave it. Um, guys, what, what have you been watching? That I haven't seen, though. Um, well, besides the aforementioned thingamajigs, uh, I just watched a Jimmy Carr stand-up comedy special entitled Funny Business. And goodness gracious, this man is funny. Oh, my God. He t- <laughs> he tells what he calls proper fucking jokes in this show. Like, he tells a lot of kind of your standard, you know, setup. And punchline, and they are hilarious. He also gets really raunchy and really controversial. I shared with you guys uh, one of the it will, lines. maybe shouldn't be repeated. I will not repeat it. Yeah. Um, but the impression that I mentioned, oh, I was laughing. I was so I've been watching stand-up comedy because I actually put it on. Um, I try to find performers that aren't too um, animated. You didn't and do then, the Chris D'Elia one. Not yet, not that, yet. That's done in Vancouver, actually, um, that special. But uh, I, I can work, right? Like, I can work and listen to stand-up at the same time. Yeah, you and, don't need uh, to be in front of it. Yeah, as long as they're not dancing around and you have to watch what they're up to, right? Um, but uh, this was great. I was laughing very hard in the library at work. <laughs> I had to uh, contain myself. Um, there's one segment that makes this especially notable. Um, you know, you always hear about hecklers and, how, you know, these terrible people that are hecklers. Mm-hmm. Um he actually, so I guess Jimmy Carr has a bit of, uh, con- there's some color in his past. Like he's got, uh, he got up to some no good business and he makes some jokes about accountants and stuff and he gets some, some laughs, I guess. Like Ben Affleck accountants? Uh, no, like there's, he's engaging with the audience and he, the guy, he's like, what do you do? He's like, I'm an accountant. And he's like, oh, where were you when I needed you, mate? And everyone laughs. And, uh, it's like, oh, I guess I don't know what that's all about, but, uh. I guess he's a colorful character. Um, and so he invites Heckles for a segment. He's like, Heckle, like, do it. Bring it on. And everybody that tries, he is devastating. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they would edit it to make him look better. Uh, he's just, the return fire that he has is awesome. And he... It's great. So this is a very entertaining. I special. wonder if there was like long pauses where he thought about it and then 
delivered his his comeback. I don't, I don't know. It's possible, right? With those are all, magic, those, those are all plants. Those are all like other comedians in the audience. <laughs> they're bad, though. Most that's the, what I mean. Most they're, of the point is that the heckles are bad. That's like, people, but that's exactly. You have your other comedian buddies in the audience. Say, Yo, go go give me a shit line. Well, yeah, maybe, but I think also it's. I was thinking about this, and I think it's actually part strategy. Like heckles are are unsolicited. And so when you ask for a heckle, you're putting the heckler on their back foot. They weren't ready for you to do that. They don't have anything planned. Yeah. Right. So the shit they yell like, you have a wide face. <laughs> right. It's funny. I, I watched a movie this week that has hecklers in it. Yeah. I, I can talk about hmm. it. Well, that's all I watched. So, okay. uh, okay. I actually watched that Chris D'Elia special, which, uh, it's w- okay. Was okay. Was it man on fire or something? Yeah, it was, it was all right. I mean, it was nice that it was here in Vancouver. Great local show but it was mediocre at best I would yeah say. yeah he starts off by saying i look like a tired eagle which was which, pretty good which he, he actually does yeah but that was like the best joke <laughs> like it's sort of, yeah it sort of just went down and they were all okay like nothing was i didn't find anything bad when Where was it filmed jokes? you know vogue the vogue theater when he's doing a slow motion man on fire like the joke that he's doing is the denzel washington yeah. man on fire movie he, he's, every guy thinks that, that he's, he's Denzel, that he's Denzel, and they're like, he's doing this awesome slow mo walk, you know, out of an explosion, kind of. And he's, yeah, he's making fun of that bro dude culture. Yeah, he, it's okay. <laughs> that segment where he's just like, okay, everybody here is just normal. You're all like average, right? Everyone likes to think you're Denzel Washington. And he just launches into a bunch of descriptions about, no, you're not that. You're just like an average yeah, dude. Yeah. You got to remember that. Yeah, some of you are laughing. That it includes you. Yeah. So I mean, that was all right. I uh, then I started watching Glow. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode of Glow. Uh, I watched the first three. Mm-hmm. This is a good show. I'm, you like? I'm it? digging it. The first the first episode actually was the the weakest showing out of the three that I watched. It was there for the setup, and it, it has just gotten better as it's been going. Hmm. Uh, what's it? A mark. Mark, Mark Maron. Maron, I like him in he it. He is so funny. Like yeah. he, he is by far the best character on this show. Which is just the, the kind of a shame because it's supposed to be about the ladies. I know, I know. But, and he, but I guess because he, he might be the most talented comedian on the show. That's probably why. Yeah, but isn't it a drama as well? It's a drama. Like he's the coked out director of this troop of uh, ladies Lady that are being trained to be wrestlers in the 80s. It's so dirty. Al- Al- it's so he- dirty 80s. Like every, I feel oh. like I need to take a shower in, in current... To get the pop- rhyme and cocaine off they, of they, it's, it's so... They knocked this. The aesthetic oh, is... They one did of, a really good job. It's one of the best I've ever seen. Like you I, call I, that the mise-en-scene? It looks like they filmed this in the 80s. Alison Brie cool. is almost unrecognizable. Like just... The way her makeup is done and everything, and the the, the hair, the, the way her body looks as well. Like yeah. she, uh, there's she doesn't there, look like uh, there's some myths. She's even admitted this. There's some myths about the way she looks as a person. And if you want to see kind of a stripped down, like, like literally, this is what this is kind of what Alison Brie looks like as a person, not the done up things you've seen on Community and uh, what Mad Men and stuff like that, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She plays a, a very sort of exposed character, and she's doing a good job. This is actually <laughs> literally. Are you dancing around the fact that she gets naked and fucks? <laughs> no. Uh, this is actually the best performance I've seen her. She's really good. Uh, perform, and I love I love the way that it sort of crescendos into the, the 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 wrestling match at the end of the first episode is earned 
because of the characters and what they have gone through, and also because they're in a wrestling league and someone needs to fucking wrestle. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of the beauty of that episode where everyone's learning how to fake wrestle and to like practice these moves, and, a, and then a real fucking fight, real drama out. comes yeah. in. Yeah, it. it I kind of like that. I don't. I, I feel like that might be what the kind of the circle of the show might be kind of around. Well, my prediction is that the like this one of the central themes is obviously going to be the relationship between Alison Brie's character and I forget the actress's name who plays her best friend. <laughs> best friend. Yeah. Um. And I I, I bet you it's going to come full circle and they'll like be best friends again at some point. But. I really like your the aesthetic is so good. This is just it's fun to watch. Mark Marin is hilarious. That's it's, like it's check it super out. Super like, eighties. It, it, it is. It nails the eighties. Everything eighties all the time these days, man. Uh, it's actually it's also interesting because it hasn't. It maybe in the last. Oh, I can't talk. In the next couple of episodes, it comes more to the forefront where these women are all trying to get ahead and like how they don't have these opportunities to do this shit because right up like the first scene is Alison Brie reading the man's part instead of playing the secretary for an audition. Yeah. 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 And how all of these women are looking for a more substantial role. Like I am capable of doing something else. Let me fucking do this. So I'm, I'm curious to see where the relationship with Mark Marin and they go. Cause he's this, he needs to control everything. Cause he's the creative, he's the director. He'll he's, be the he villain, the right? He'll be the villain character. Well, I have, I have a feeling he's going to be phased out as this goes on. Nice. So I'm excited okay. to see where it goes. Um, anything else? No, that's it for me. No? So I watched two things. Dose. Two other things. Dose Re- Otres. Uh, a rewatch of the prestige. Oh, went really well. I watched that not long ago. Still really good. Yeah, it holds up. It's a real fun exercise in like misdirection. Like the movie itself is a magic trick, Mm -hmm. and it's 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 one of the more rewarding movies to to give a rewatch to because especially for Christian Bale's performance because every single thing he does is there's a tell. Mm. that he's giving oh those little subtleties where you can tell exactly what's going on after you've seen it it's insane there i feel like there's hundreds of them in the movie and yeah it's a really rewarding rewatch because you're seeing how the trick is done uh as it's unfolding and it's fun to watch with someone who doesn't know what's going on and you can kind of you can tease them a little bit and point out little things that you know that matter I, I it's it's a bit overstuffed maybe um it's an awesome movie it is an awesome movie i think there's twist on top of twist on top of twist and it starts to maybe plus s- david bowie david right? bowie he's amazing That's fucking nikola tesla um yeah I, I, like, I, how cool it, is that what, shit i remember when david bowie passed away that was one of the bigger things people were sharing was like fucking right nikola tesla is dope yeah you were awesome um what is what a bold casting choice to put him in that and he's good too he's a great actor the the movie i just think is a bit too full of twists and turns that it stacks up a bit too high and starts to crush under its weight a bit by the end um especially when you start finding out like how ridiculous what hugh jackman like what he's the lengths he's going to and the sacrifices that he's making every night for 
like to be a, a magic ma- show just to, but to that, put on a magic show. like his it's kind of that fits with his abs- character no, so well I know though. I know but to the at the end when he finally kind of realized how deep he's got it becomes a bit comical it's a bit far-fetched I don't know but it, it all works because I feel like the movie itself is a bit fant like it's fantastical it's like, I mean Nicholas Nikola Tesla obviously didn't build teleportation devices what uh, sorry to all the crazy conspiracy tinfoil hat tesla nerds no he totally did come on he also didn't quit messing around he didn't invent he didn't die he just left (laughs) (laughs) uh the other thing i watched guys was the big sick starring oh yeah yeah how was this kumail nanjiani uh and uh zoe kazan this is the true story about how kumail nanjiani met his wife really yeah oh shit the big sick yeah, um, this movie's amazing. Sick spelled S-I-C-K. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't... It's <laughs> cool. That's weird. Why? I don't know what, what does that refer to. Well, I will tell you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing a backwards review. Yeah. Get to the edge of your seat and keep listening. Uh, so the the true story of how Kumail Nanjiani, Emily Gordon is his wife. Uh, they do the Indoor Kids podcast. They uh, met and broke up originally and brief like immediately after breaking up she uh went into uh, a medically induced coma for like a lung infection and kumail nanjiani like she was sick yeah that's what like really sick like a big one like a big sick <laughs> uh and so in this coma uh her parents obviously get called in and they're taking care of her and they basically say hey kumail take a fucking hike you dumped her what are you doing here why are you still sticking around? Uh, and so he basically stays with her in the hospital, trying, you know, making sure things are going well. She's maybe scheduled for surgery, all these things, trying to find out what's wrong with this infection. Um, all the while bonding with her parents, played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. Uh, and this is a Judd Apatow production, so you can imagine what we're dealing with here it's it's what i would call judd apatow as fuck actually uh it feels like funny people mixed with knocked up and i don't know if that's avoidable because it's about kumail john nanjani plays himself and he's a comedian so maybe a third of this film is in the back of comedy clubs with real comics like bo burnham is in it and 80 80 bryant from snl um, are these people funny in the movie? Yeah, very funny, and it's all a lot of improv. They're all hanging out in the green room. Mm-hmm. It's it's very Apatow, right? They're they're bringing up pop culture shit. They're just they're riffing and swearing and being vulgar and being funny, and it it feels very familiar territory if you've seen any of Judd Apatow's movies. Um, so much so that it it did bring it down a bit for me. But I think I think most people are gonna go pretty crazy over the Big Sick Man. It is. The story itself is super touching, um, mm. and Kamal Johnny's parents, very strict uh, Pakistani family, are like bringing him, in, bringing ladies in to meet him for these arranged marriages, and um, there's a bit of a Degrassi feel to it. Wait, what? <laughs> like a like a heavy-handed moral? No, no. It it just feels like a very sort of you know, family-related, mm. uh, you know, people from different worlds. Like, it, it feels like something you... It's it's familiar territory from a romantic comedy uh, kind of standpoint. But mm. I, I really like The Big Sick, though. 
Cool. I was very curious to check this out. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, that's it, I think. I'm pretty sure. That's it. That's all? I think. Can we, like... Hmm. Do you think when um, Baby Driver is doing his next mission, he might just put the, the Vertical Viewing podcast on? He actually puts smart bombs on? I was wondering, like, what happens if he accidentally, like, skips and, like, gets to an audio book? Oh, yeah, that would have been... You yeah. know, that's when he drives the speed limit. Yeah, or, like it, it, all of a sudden he's like, yeah, <laughs> revs downshift. Yeah, it's like welcome to like... the serial podcast. <laughs> um, guys, we're reviewing Baby Driver. It's incredible. I'm just gonna say it. Right I can't now. wait to talk. So, Red's yeah. not feeling it. Whoa, I didn't say that. Red's not feeling hey, it. Don't put words in my mouth. In the AM, questions. I got a question, Doc. Why would I believe phones over here hear the goddamn word you said? You lay down your whole play. He ain't even listening. Baby? The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust in Dunwoody, 10 a.m. sharp. We have the details of the route because someone at the depot has a nasal problem. The bank itself is right near the Buford Highway, so we should be able to hit the ramp within 60 seconds of getting out. We also have a diversion crew. They're going to blow up a bread truck a ways away, keep the fuzz busy. The dress code is the Michael Myers Halloween mask, but don't all buy your mask at the same time. It looks suspicious. The switch car is ready, but you want me to hit the long state parking structure at Hartsfield Jackson to get a heist vehicle that stays colder longer, boost a commuter car, a family car, something that blends in well with morning traffic. Something on the heavy side, in case we need to ram the cops off the road to Escalade, Yukon, Avalanche, whatever. It needs to be ready for an 8.30 start in the AM. Questions? Well, ain't y'all cute? That's my baby. So that was a clip from Baby Driver. After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. That's actually kind of tight. Pretty simple. Yeah. Yep. Baby Driver is written and directed by Edgar Wright, and it stars Ansel Elgort, Kevin Spacey, Lily James, John Bernthal, John Hamm, and Jamie Foxx. What? What? The name Elgort. Weird, right? Like, where's that from? Well, he's not British, as far as I I understand. Ansel Elgort. Very strange name. Never heard it before. Uh, so the, the the hype going into Baby Driver was pretty high. The mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. pretty high. We just watched Hot Fuzz and got all juiced about but Edgar. I think from everybody, just from people in general, the expectation level for Edgar Wright to deliver a good movie is pretty high, right? He's never made a bad movie, and his films are quite impeccable, quite delightful. Uh, there's a lot of space in between each one, right? Each one sort of takes, you know, 
he gets takes time his, to breathe. He he takes his time and really carefully crafts his films. Yeah, he does. And they're big deals when they come out, despite how little money they make. Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Poor. Beloved uh, films. Such a crime. The hype is high for Baby Driver. Did it deliver? Did he deliver the package? Did he escape the police? Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. I think this movie is uh, is really good. I liked it a lot. Um, I think that you guys maybe liked it more than me, because I don't think it's... Uh, quite the masterpiece that you may um but it looked awesome absolutely the story was pretty cool but like i think had some weak spots that's kind of where my my uh, problems are with this um like a little bit more character development might have been good perhaps but besides that like it like i said it looked awesome it sounded i saw this in the avx yeah i'm really jealous yeah, at I this point oh man the sound in this movie it's something else like there's nothing i haven't seen a movie like this the, the music is all when he has his earbuds in when one of them comes out it drops out in one side of like the speakers in one side will stop um there's always a ringing if the one I think it's his right earbud. If that one comes out, you can hear the ringing. Um, I didn't. I don't think I got any of that. Oh man! Oh no, no. Like, I heard it non AVX. Like the ringing was definitely something I that I was did. interesting. Yeah. So uh, the. I mean, again, I said this in the hot fuzz episode, uh, but Wright is a masterful editor. His his montages are. I don't know anybody that cuts like a chase sequence or like he does. Um, Maybe so. Jonathan Amos and Paul McLeese are his editors, but obviously he's in the room for the entire oh, process. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's, you might say reined in a little bit compared to something like Hot Fuzz, but Hot Fuzz was doing that on purpose, right? That's... It's a spoof. Exactly. It's doing it to point out how ridiculous it can be. And but, I think that's something you should remember. That <clears throat> this is Edgar Wright kind of branching away from his Cornetto trilogy yes. style. This is, for the most part, a straight up heist movie yeah it, he's kind of just showing that i think it's it's showing that like when you know things the cornetto trilogy was actually him showing that like he knows the rules well enough to break them but this baby driver is is an example of him saying like i well, can co- color within the lines and ne- still paint he an never awesome got to picture. do his ant-man heist movie so he needed to make <laughs> yeah well and, and this has been in the can like in his ideas for 20 years i think he did the mint royale video blue song uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that, uh, listeners, Mint Royale Blue Song is a really fun music video that will uh, remind you a lot of the opening scene. Well, that's sort of where, Driver. yeah, he just takes that and then expands a whole movie on it. But mm-hmm. the difference here, I think, it's not a Cornetto movie because this isn't a parody of heist movies. It, it just is. It's a heist movie, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's an action movie for sure. It's fun. Well, I don't, I don't see it trying to subvert the genre really in any way and that might disappoint people they want to they want to see the movie poke fun at heist movies if anything i think it is a genre movie like it is exactly a chase or like a heist movie you know with we're we're ignoring the giant fact that the whole movie is a music video right that that aside the the movie isn't any different than a regular heist movie the music is so good well that that's the charm of the movie and that's why edgar wright just he he that's half of why he wanted to make it, I think, right? Is the idea of syncing it all to the music is the challenge that he set for himself. And I said this on Twitter that it, 
I think this is essentially the film equivalent of getting a perfect score on Guitar Hero. <laughs> like he didn't miss a single note on his timeline. You know what mm. I mean? And every single, every single note as it flies at you is getting hit. There's no flub notes I or heard any, this. any like, like yeah, you, nev- yeah. you never have the. <laughs> I heard this compared to like singing in the rain, actually. Mm-hmm. It is a musical, right? You know? Um, and I think Singing in the Rain is a probably pointed to because of its technical perfection, among other things. And I think that's... I think this reminded me of La La Land. No? Have you seen Singing in the Rain? Oh, not in its entirety. Okay, I could see that comparison because it is, like, it's on point. All the all the notes, the beat, like the editing with, with Singing in the Rain. It's not to this level. But uh, they're both very technically, well, he's technically even, sound. Yeah, he's swinging, baby swinging around the the flagpole in his apartment at some points. He does kind of tap dance around like... He can dance really well. Fred Astaire. Mm-hmm. When he makes the peanut butter toast. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking around, man. This, this, the beginning definitely feels a lot more like a musical. It, it kind of turns into a little more standard movie at the end, but... Uh, yeah, Mike, what what are your thoughts here? I love this movie. <laughs> so I had, like, I I watched the first uh, 10 minutes or however long the, the opening of this movie was with the, with the getaway drive. Like, halfway through that, it's like, okay, okay, this is great. This is great. I like how it's all in time. I love how we opened with him doing, like, a okay go music video in his car, just, like, pounding everything in, in time. And well, then that's the Mint Royale video. And then I just felt my face explode in this giant smile. Yeah, I had my hand over my mouth and like, the whole time oh here. Oh my god, this is amazing. And um it slowed down a little bit, but it built built up steadily through the entire movie to a fantastic finish, I thought. Yeah. What I really enjoyed in this, uh, A, the editing is top notch. Like as you said, this is fucking great to watch. This is like the Suicide Squad trailer of the movie. Like, everyone loved that trailer so much because everything was set in time to the music and it seemed like it was going to be so... Don't dare bring up Suicide Squad right now. Come on, now. that trailer was good. Okay. It also was the cause of the downfall of that movie, but... Um, it has no business here in our every, Baby Driver review. Every, uh, like every fucking gunshot in this movie is to the beat of the music. Oh, it's insane. Like, it is unreal i don't know how well this works do you i i legitimately don't know how edgar wright did it like there's certain things in this movie where i just don't i don't know how you do this well you must have been playing the song while you're filming this shit to get people to get the timing down well that's what kevin spacey said they they had little earpieces and they were listening to the tracks while they were doing it while they were acting and, and, you know, they would turn the wheel at a certain point or they'd have to turn their body onto a beat and stuff. Oh, shit. Because, well, kudos to everybody because they're all fantastic. I'm That's a little hard sad. work. How did this movie not take 20 years to fucking make? Because <laughs> everyone's super professional. I'm a little sad John Bernthal is only in it for, like, yeah. a little bit because I, I like him. Uh, everyone is fantastic, though. Like, Kevin Spacey's bringing it. John Hamm, Jamie Foxx. Uh, Spanish actress girl that I don't know her name oh, of yet. Oh, she is beautiful. She, can uh, I just say? she was on the. Uh, oh my goodness! I think it's uh, Elia. Uh, yeah, I, for, I first oh, saw she's her. She's like breathtaking Isa. in the Dust Till Dawn series. Yeah, yeah, I've seen her in that. Um, and Ansel Elgort, 
Who? Where, what the fuck has he even been in? I think he's in the Faults in Our Stars. Yeah, he's that's that's it. <laughs> Pol- Polish, German, and Norwegian, by the way. So that might explain Polish, the- German, and Norwegian. <laughs> um, he's he's pretty good. He he doesn't have to do much. No, like, but he, he's pretty good. He doesn't, but he moves well. What I really enjoyed about this film is that it showed he's not just a good getaway driver. He's a good escape artist. Because the I was not expecting foot chases in this film, and I was not expecting them to be just as entertaining the foot chase through the park is spectacular yeah it's uh, so cool and you know the whole park is surrounded and and yeah the way that it's all laid out feels really really though he would take off those sunglasses <laughs> i yeah. love how he just yeah. says like three or four pairs on him that at amazing. any given moment amazing that like, was, how oh. he he had like he remains cool even when you strip him of his coolness multiple times <laughs> it just keeps coming so back cool. oh god deal with it um, right just yeah, deal it, with it, it is it is with the glasses underneath the glasses <laughs> so so good what I, I loved the the ringing like i don't i don't know how much you got of the sound of that but anytime that the earbuds were out the tinnitus was there mm-hmm. i guess so i did was, i was just completely my head was spinning at every turn and here. it did offend like anytime that happened it was because he was out of his element and he did not want to be in the situation he was in for the yeah, most like part casing the the post office for example yeah and like when jamie fox comes on and he's a loose like he's a dangerous dude he plays that really well yeah, and i love to hate him in this movie <laughs> he reminds me of his character in the uh the 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 horrible bosses movies. I think his character. Oh, yeah. I believe. I believe his character's name is Motherfucker Jones. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, just in the like the CD bar. Yeah, I wanted. I just wanted that guy. Oh. I feel like that's kind of what he's doing again. But, but Bats is scary, right? He just kills everyone. That yeah, he comes in and so with. and he tells you I have mental problems. You know, and that is well, makes like, him I, even scarier. I got, I got enough ghosts up here. But like, <laughs> when when Ansel when Baby is in situations he does not want to be in because he keeps getting pulled into this world that tone the tinnitus when he can't listen to his music and escape from it really like sets the tone and like the tension this movie i was on the edge of my seat like this was a thriller man because you did not know what was going to happen it, it does jack your pulse up a few times definitely like they're really good at like, playing so, with, so with pacing the villains are amazing in this movie like i loved all of them. And he's, he's there's not many spoilers, I don't think, for he, this. He's rolling around with a crew of criminals. And even though, say, John Hamm is all suave and stuff like that, they're Buddy. still fucking terrible people. And this movie does a great job of even showing baby. that. Reminds you that. When you, whenever you start to think, like, yeah, I, I can kind of identify with this squad, then they'll just, like, shoot a bunch of cops. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Like, a lot of heist movies, a lot of movies that, like, uh, romanticize a criminal element they play it too safe with that. You identify too much with them and you're like, yeah, these guys aren't so bad. This is, this is okay. And this could have fallen into that trap because it's a summer action movie, but no, it like, it went all in showing, no, no, these are criminals, man. Like they are not good. He's trying to get away from bad people here. And I think he's not really fully excluded from that. I don't think. No, he's, he's implicated in like murders and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's times where he's witnessed murders and could go to the police and and turn these people in and does not do it. Um, and so, uh, so he's I I don't I don't exempt him from. You no, know, no, he's definitely a criminal. Well, and right, the, and I think the movie handles that pretty well. It too. kind of yeah, it um, does. And just one last thing before I turn it over to you to see what you had to say about it. I really loved his foster dad and the fact that this whole movie yeah. is about sound and music and like escaping from 
your past, like his injury that you know, will constantly remind him of the accident, but he just escapes into this world of sound, and his foster dad is deaf. So he has to sign. Did this, like, rem- did this so remind all- you guys of Deadpool a little bit? <laughs> Living with an old, like, blind deaf person. Well, d- yeah, blind, like, no. Li- blind black person? Living with an old, like, person with this... I think it's she's... She's... She's blind. Blind. This He's guy's deaf. deaf. Yeah, like, right. He can still see. He just has, like, the cataract stuff uh, going okay. on. Just this mismatched pair, you know, kind of... And, and the, the their impairment has a bearing on... The relationship? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just found that I just, I just, a bit cliche, but it did when that came into focus that that was his foster dad. I said, "Oh, okay, nice. That's, that's not just some cliche that's been wedged in here. Yeah, it, it's it, believable. It, I like that. Mm-hmm. I just really like that he escapes into a world of sound, but he communicates with like probably the single most important person in his life through sign language. Like, yeah, they can't really share the sound that he loves so much." Well, he tries, you know, he's like got his fe- hand, feeling the speaker for the, the for speaker. the bass and stuff, which was pretty cool. But all those subtitles are hysterical, like the you know the back and forth oh, yeah. are really good between them. Um, yeah, so I loved it. Yeah, Baby Driver, I love it too. Uh, I've come down slightly overnight. I would be, I would have been given like full, not tens, but like approaching, cooled off a bit. But only because I think that this movie's not trying to be anything more than just a fun string of a music videos and of cool heist movie. Yeah, no, it doesn't strive for any more than that. Like, it is what it is. Like, it's very, very cool. And it's one of the, it's one of the best directed things I've ever watched in terms of... Like, technical skill? And I, 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 I often think that directors lose sleep at night over like the vision they had for a movie all their lives or for you know so many years and then finally when they get to make something what it ends up being like oh you know it was cool but it wasn't really wasn't what i had pictured my whole life i would imagine that's probably being a director that's you just have to deal with that's that. your reality pretty yeah. much all the time I, I i i would like to ask edgar Wright, and i think he'd probably think he did a good job on this one not only that, but like this is exactly what he. This is his vision. Yeah, it, it's like the way that a musician has a song that they've known for sort of years and years, and then they finally can execute it. It, it it's going to turn out the way that you always hoped it would, because I can't it, imagine this not being at least close to what he like his perfect. Well, because this. there's a little in most movies, it's it's more interpretive. Hey, do whatever you want, direct it however you want. But I think in this case, there's some clear. There's rules to it because there's there's rules to making a song, right? There, there's you have to adhere to like structure and stuff. It's part of the way uh, um, the mathematical formula is in there. I'm thinking of a book. It's also a movie. It's the Da Vinci Code. Nice. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's uh, it go like the Hunger Mega, pet, pet mega Violence, Mega Violence, and like Droogs and the Hunger Games. Oh, Clockwork Orange. Bro. Yeah, Clockwork Orange. That book was written as a symphony. Oh, what? Yeah. No. Yeah, because what? he loves uh, Ludwig van. Of course, I love it. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. so. Th- yeah, to me, in this movie, there's um an element of perfection just in the way that you want to, like the guitar hero thing. Like there's proficiency. 
exceeding actually i wrote that there's a way to seeding proficiency yeah and there's a way to play the song correctly and a way to play the song incorrectly and and once you know how to play it correctly you can start to add flourishes and he just fucking rocks out and that's when you have flourishes like gunshots popping off to guitar strums um i mean i don't know i don't know how much of this was in his head or you just sit in front of the editing room and know that's why I wondered to take 20 years. How did you know what you needed in every yeah, single song? How many, how many different like shots were of each, each scene were done. It's mind blowing. And, and to, to it's, it's not something you would do on the fly. Like storyboarding. This is, oh. is just, it, it boggles my mind. It would be done with a musical track and like, yeah, I, I want to see pins. On I want to see and stuff. the fucking Adobe premiere timeline for baby driver. It must be, the the craziest thing you've ever seen like <laughs> I, I don't even um but yeah th- this movie is a masterpiece i think and i want to rewatch it well i want to see this so Me many too. more times yeah. a year from now i think it's it's hard to judge this so soon after seeing it um edgar wright movies seem to reward so many viewings including one sequence that i think is a, a one a one take shot of baby going to get coffee yeah. and it's following him down the street and all the graffiti and the graffiti is I, I couldn't even keep up with what the fuck was happening i knew <laughs> i knew that there was graffiti spelling out lyrics and shit that's when I but was, it was not even just the graffiti it's every fucking I, thing in the scene spelling out the lyrics to what he's that's when i realized to. oh this is guitar hero this is like he's hitting each beat and it was crazy when i noticed that like the like the random letters oh. stuck onto lamp posts and it's stuff out of control it's uh, so well done you said that uh on the hot fuzz review that editing wise edgar wright puts on a clinic and i think the case again here this is most likely one-upped himself like, i think so when i said before that he reined it in in this one i think it, it it wasn't just reined in he's used his skills he's showing that he can use them expertly right like he is not like you said he hasn't missed a beat yeah and and there are a lot of beats in this movie so yeah we open with uh this this bell bottom song oh yeah it's pretty cool the the opening shot a tire rolls into frame in front of a bank and then we get a shot of an ipod hitting play on a on bell bottoms yeah and then that's immediately when we get the tone of the movie set like right away and then if you've seen the mint royale video you realize oh this is exactly the same they, thing he made this into a movie sweet he's sweet, da- sweet. he's he's dancing in the car and okay i get it i get what the fuck's going on and then when they bust out of the the bank the bank we then we oh this is a musical oh shit now i see what the fuck he's doing here um it's i i, I just I cannot understand how you execute all of these action sequences to this so many different songs. I think there's like 30 or 40 tracks in the whole movie. Um, and the, per, the I don't know if this is what you guys went through as kids, but there's something really personal about listening to headphones and earbuds. Like sharing them? Well, no, just on your own. Sharing them too, but th- there's something, sub, uh, such a subjective experience. Like you... You kind of enter your own you're world. In a bubble. Yeah, you're yeah. you're in your own bubble, and I think 
when I was a kid, I used to see this happening where you have this confirmation bias almost where you'd look at stuff and it would sort of happen to the beat, right? It's you'd, like like Dark Side of the Moon, is it really a thing? But like you can do that with any track in yeah, your right day-to-day ex- life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and when you're listening to music in your headphones, I, I used to find as a kid that that would happen to me. I, c- I could sort of look at stuff. Synchronicity. And, and um, I don't do a lot of jogging. You can... You know, probably tell because I'm so what? jacked. I'm like, I don't need to. I don't actually need to jog because I, I look so fucking. You look swole. like a jogger. Um, but you're resting flex. But whenever I whenever I do jog and I have headphones in, th- th- that you get in, if the right song is going, you can get into a crazy groove. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what a little bit is what's happening here, right? I think that maybe that's what Edgar Wright is going for, where. I think also that that bubble that you 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 get put into when you put on the headphones by sharing the music that baby's listening to we get to go into his bubble like we're sort of seeing it from his perspective and you're following all of a sudden at his pace and you're on his you know you're following yeah for sure well and it's all diegetic right it's as you said when he takes the headphones out of his ear it also comes out. All the so characters cool. can hear the soundtrack that we are also listening to. Um, it's it's almost like the effectiveness of of his driving skills are dependent on how well he can sync up. Yeah, he's got to have each song. The right, like, what kind of music do we have here? To the point where there's certain times where he can't. He's stolen a car and he can't go. He has to find the right song on the radio station. And I, I think I've been there. I, I, I've been, I mean, not where I've stolen a car. I mean, that I admit <laughs> to, but where it's like choosing a Netflix title to watch before you go to bed or something. It You have to find the right thing for the right moment. Three hours takes, later. Yeah, it takes way longer to find the and, movie and, than and, to watch it. And it's like, you just go, just go. And, and to him, it's almost like a debilitating, like... He's so reliant on music crutch. that he almost, at one point he tells the rest of the guys, don't wait, get back in the car. Yeah. It's like, no, no, got to restart. And yet, yeah, you have to exit. Go now. The mission has to start when I press play on this. Um, and, and a few characters comment on this, I guess sort of breaking the fourth wall where Jamie Foxx says, you don't need a score for a score, which is amazing. Like he's talking about like a musical yeah. score underneath like I, I don't know scoring what scoring at a bank. Yeah, what is that supposed to mean? Edgar Wright probably wanted to make this a satire so many times, and just it's just no, like wait, how I, he makes movies. Like, oh almost. no, I gotta just make this straight. I gotta be the straight guy here. Like he probably wanted to hot fuzz the shit out of this movie. Really, I don't see that at all. I just no, he didn't. He didn't. Oh, okay. I, be, I I feel like the like on certain days where he was feeling a bit silly, <laughs> like I, I I think he probably wanted Cornetto this shit. And I bet you they have fun on set. I think Edgar Wright's probably a fun guy. Well, John Hamm's a hilarious dude, so I can imagine him, Jamie Fox, that Kevin be, Spacey's hilarious too. That would be a fun place to work, like a fun movie to make. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kevin Spacey's amazing. Um, there's a joke that I don't want to spoil right now that he makes later in the movie that I, I, I felt like I got whiplash when he delivers this line towards the very end. Uh, it, I actually, my neck hurt because it was, I got punched by this joke. And I, I love when he's playing with all the matchbox cars. Yeah. I mean, to me, that just symbolizes him just, like he's literally toying with all these dumb criminals. They are his playthings. Literally. Um, I guess that is a good way to plan out cool car heists, though. 
I think actually some of the choreography, I'm trying to remember, I read this somewhere, uh, some of the car choreography was done with actual Matchbox cars. Yeah, I believe it. See, what blows my mind with that, A, great, why not use Matchbox, but B, all of this timing that's happening, I'm just going back to everything being timed with the beats, how do you get stunt driving so on point to match this music? Like, that is way less precise I mean, it's you can be pretty precise, but yeah, are they playing? Is everybody listening to the song synced up over the, the radio like the whole or something? Set is listening to the same. Okay, every, track. Like all the boom handlers are like, okay, yeah, you know, like the guy, <laughs> the, the gaffer, he's laying down gaffer tape. They're like, okay, and go. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like this is stomp or some shit. I would love to see a documentary of the making of this film. Like, it's also a musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love the idea of having like fifteen iPods. Um, where each there's some almost like a one for each kind of situation. Yeah, a lot. Um, I knew people who had that, and like I guess marking all the generations of the shitty iPod as it got <laughs> How dumber. How many songs and it could hold? Uh, and I, I like that better than ha- just having all the songs on his phone. Ha- having a dedicated music device, I think, is a little more. Like it's it separates it. This is just for the music, right? Like this device only plays music. Uh, I don't know if the the intro or like the backstory worked for me as well as it should have. Did did you not That's like kind this? of one of the weak spots for me? Like, um, we don't get a lot of it. There's not a lot, and I would have liked to see more about Baby being this sort of like juvenile delinquent. Like, how does he know about how to boost cars? So you like, wanted a cool King Arthur action sequence where there's like just a montage of childhood cool with, beats going with like well, trouble with the law i, I was <laughs> i was yeah, okay with breathing man i was Come okay on. with the description we got i just i didn't just like one mention of like oh he boosted cars since he was old enough well to walk. you know that ghost driver that the police never caught yeah that was him he was like 11 yeah it's, so, like, it's like hackers remember yeah. crash override yeah exactly so, uh just i was okay so, with that it was just the hang up on with his mom, that I didn't there was no think payoff. necessarily needed to be there. Yeah, like it didn't yeah. need to be there. No payoff and whatsoever. We, when we see the sort of fighting from the dad, like we we clearly understand that he he doesn't miss his father. He only misses his mother, and that doesn't matter because he's a no. Like that doesn't change his character in any way. He was in a horrific accident. And since then, he's just been a criminal. <laughs> like, yeah, we, yeah, we don't need the rest of that. Um, also, that didn't necessarily work for me was Lily James, like the the love interest, their relationship. Deborah, Deborah, D E B O R A. I did like their intro where they're talking about songs. The, the scene I thought was stumbling at first, but the payoff was nice because they're discussing how there's no songs about, called Deborah or about. People named Deborah, Um, and I'm like, this is boring. This is lame. Who cares? And then it kind of it it wraps around to, well, what's your name, baby? Every song's about you, Mm -hmm. and I think, well, how perfect is this? His name is Baby. So every song that's ever been written, that's the whole idea, and that's why this fucking guy knows every song ever and can't escape listening to music all the time. I wonder if Edgar Wright would be brilliant if every single song on the soundtrack had a lyric in it that says... about baby? Well, at least at one point in the song lyrics, they say baby in every song. Mm. I'd like to check that. Interesting. Very, very doable. Um, Yeah, the Lily James, they had great chemistry, I thought. 
Like the two of them together were super adorable. I guess um, it was so cliche, well, right? Yeah, it's, it was. I, yeah, I'm not sure I bought it. No. Like he didn't even know her, and he's like, "I love her." Well, see, the, here's where I'm going with that one. Like it falls into that stupid movie trope of they've known each other for like a week and they're already madly in love. Yeah, but he's in a dangerous world. And she is sort of an outcast herself. So they seem like the type of people that would just make that snap decision anyway and be like, yes, I'm totally in love with this crazy, interesting, it's a true romance mysterious person kind of deal. To me, it's kind of just like this movie is very simple and elegant and it's taking like these classic movie tropes and maybe playing them as classical ideas. So like just not really giving us too much backstory, just saying like, look, this kid comes from a troubled past. Here's a girl. She's innocent and she works at the diner. They meet and now they're in love, of course, moving on, right? Like that's all we really need. Well, and and I, yeah. I'm kind of okay with it. The way it's done, it's handled, I think, well. The movie's pretty lean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's no fat. Well, and that's why we have the mother backstory too because like Deborah. I'm, reminds him, I'm sure, of his mom because it's the singing that catches his attention to start off with, and that's uh, why he records her. Yeah, so like she's this, singing B A B Y. Yeah, I, I wonder if that could have been sold a little more if the movie, because I, I feel like just as much as this character baby is defined by the fact that he oh he's addicted to music, he just can't put those headphones down. Yeah, that's one thing that he does. He also has this super weird thing where he just illegally records people and makes mixtapes, like <laughs> DJ mixes out of their like weird electronica music. That was a pretty great payoff, though. It is, but I, I feel like that that is something that the movie sort of just uses as a subplot. Um, when I I think. All we get it, out of it, it is a joke. It might, yeah. It, it, I don't know if it, the payoff is worth all of that, or it, it's just strange. Um, I think it would have been cooler if all of the songs, because he's just listening to fucking pop songs the whole movie. I, if he was listening to his own music, you mm-hmm. could maybe comment on the movie itself and wrap it back around and like have callbacks to different scenes with the music that he's making. I, I don't know if. Maybe you were asking a lot. I don't think that. I don't know if that would add much to it or not. Well, then you couldn't sell the soundtrack with like thirty different bands on it. Um, yeah, the this little sidekick thing. Do you guys like this scene? They bring this little dude into the bank and to scope it out and case the joint. Uh, and they have this weird mini version of baby, like he's sort of like a baby driver in training. Well, he's the nephew. He's yeah, like mini, the, mini Kevin Spacey. He does he's a great, Kevin Spacey's nephew, right? He yeah. does a great job of humanizing Kevin Spacey's characters. Like, yeah, this is my nephew. It's a perfect way to do it. So you're like, oh, okay. This guy is a criminal mastermind, but he's also just a dude. And he has family. And he's obviously teaching the family business to this kid. So I, I really like that. I did too. And I thought it was a way to... I mean, it's obviously not setting up a sequel, but it is. it is a way to sort of have baby... I guess a younger version or a foil to baby. See, he can, he actually sees how rotten this kid is. I don't know if he sees parts of himself in this kid or something. Um, but he's, he's watching this kid who's counting all of the security cameras. Security cameras. I mean, the kid's a piece of shit and he's like nine years old or something. Right. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's supposed to be some reflection of him or, Maybe I think it it shows him 
like once you're working with Kevin Spacey's character, you're there for life. Like he's he grooms everybody to be around forever. Yeah. Um, even corrupting his own family. And does he also have the the cops on his payroll? I didn't understand what yeah. was. Yeah, and that's how you know Bats is actually fucking things up. I mean, we're in spoilers now, so. Um, what I love, uh, we're in spoilers. Cool. Yeah. What I loved about the characters is that they did like they switched on you. Like Kevin Spacey, you thought was this kind of asshole, and he is. But you don't expect where his character goes. At least I didn't see that coming, where he helps them in the end. It's perfect, man. He's like, again, he's just a human. He understands, you know, I, he actually cares for Baby, even though he's been using this whole time. And then John Hamm, who is super friendly at he's the He's really good in this. He's a, he's a great, like, buddy of Baby, but as soon as shit goes against him, you better believe that he is out for blood. And that was fantastic. I thought he's amazing. I think he might be the best performance in the movie kevin spacey i, I don't fox I, was really good but yeah he is really good like really hated him yeah yes. he's really evil which made the inevitable uh i saw that a mile away but yeah. just was like couldn't wait for it <laughs> yeah. right right dangles it in front of you <laughs> yeah i know he's right? just like i'm gonna do it it's it's sort of like the I'm hot fuzz uh like the steeple falling off oh i the church i pumped my arm for sure it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. you 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 He's not going to let you forget that you're watching an Edgar Wright movie, right? Mm. We're, we're going to get some comical violence because why the fuck not, I guess. Um, but what, I, yeah, I thought... Was it comical, though? Some of it felt a bit... like we're not, It's not like Drive. That's true. Right? Dr- drive is, like, disturbing, right? Th- this, I, I don't know if it's comical, but it felt... I mean, it's still time to rock music, for Christ's sake. That's that's true. That definitely changes the tone. <laughs> uh, we have this like gun deal gone wrong with the butcher, um, and then we know that Kevin Spacey's on our side after this whole sh- everything goes to shit because what w- the joke is? Stop feeding me lines from Monster Inc. It pisses me off, <laughs> and that's when I actually got whiplash <laughs> because that is the greatest joke ever. And I, I didn't. I've never seen Monsters Inc. I didn't know that. And the baby was he kept saying, well, "Like we're and, a team. It's the most important well, thing." And that line whatever. was in the movie when he was watching Monsters Inc. earlier, so it was a reference back to that. So too. You, you do hear that? You do yeah. hear that in the film? Okay, okay. I was just watching the Scott it's, Pilgrim. It's thing it's, that popped up. It's in the when movie. he's back at home and he's flipping through the channels and he stops. Yeah, so it's there. That's, okay, there's okay. a couple little nods. Yeah, to his own work. It's like in Transformers Four. When one of the characters leans up against the wall and there's a Bad Boys 2 poster. So there's yep. a poster for a Michael Bay movie. In, in a Michael Bay movie. In, in a Jinx. <laughs> that was just stereo. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that the, I thought that Kevin Spacey was a nice turn to have him on our side. Didn't want to see him go. Um, felt that one. No. Yeah, no, that shot in the back and shit. Ouch. See, it, was he wearing like bulletproof? I feel like he must have had Kevlar on. Like, I thought he had like a shotgun. Like, I expected to see his back all torn open. Yeah, Me no, too. like I, he must have had something on. And then, fuck, John Ham shows up. Yeah. Shrugged it off, kind of. He's just like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn, you shot me. Ouch. <laughs> Take that. With my shotgun yeah, to your I face. I, I don't know. And then he gets his ass run over. <laughs> Guys getting their heads splattered with cars and stuff. It, it gets pretty grisly. Yeah, there's some violence. Um, it's such a great... like It's it a is perfect a, action movie. 
And when uh, he finally defeats John Hamm, it is a great. Falls down into the fire on the car. Like it's, it's awesome. It's such it's, a great. It's right movie. out of Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it is really really satisfying. Um, I I I don't know if you guys are with me. I didn't dig the. The characters testifying in this no. in the epilogue here. Like everyone's the character said, witnesses. This felt like the opposite of the last episode of Seinfeld, where like they brought in everybody. He was like, he helped me get groceries one day, and he brought them upstairs. Yeah. He threw me my purse. Yeah, like what is this going actually? On? This actually brought me down a little. Like I thought the movie was yeah. ten minutes too long because yeah. of this last segment. It didn't. Well, it didn't need to be there. Then I w- I don't know what the hell's going on. So he, but it showed why he got out of prison early. Is that well? I want to talk about that's that. So that's probably his parole he, hearing. He gets sentenced to twenty five years with a uh, five years parole hearing. And, and is that what I'm supposed to take yeah, from this? Is he the, yeah. I'm sure why he does, got parole why, early? Why the then... fuck is there a rainbow and like she's driving a weird fifties car and it transitions from a weird black and white because it's all like because the black and white symbolic. is the dream it's like he this is what he's dreaming for and then it becomes real like he made it when the color comes in he's done it he's done his time he can now carry on so you didn't i guess uh, that's that's how i read it okay that's all that's all obviously really happening yeah yeah for sure all the black and whites are the fantasies um it i guess it was a nice way to tie the bow on his entire journey through this world like he he never wanted to be there he <laughs> stole the wrong car when he was 11 he was working to get out of that world his whole life and to do it he needed to do some crazy shit but he it didn't corrupt him fully like he was still an okay person so he still had to serve his time and answer for what he did but he gets his happy ending yeah like it's it wraps that up nicely but i still think it was too like it was a little too long it's your oceans 11 kind of ending where it's like these these people did their time right and now they're out on good behavior because they're not really bad people they they just they just sort of steal from rich assholes man they're robin hood Hood. yeah i mean Uh, (laughs) he only killed a couple people that night (laughs) yeah and that's why i think baby should be turning people as soon as jamie fox goes like pulls the shotgun in front of your face and is gonna kill a cop like we're done we're done, guys. Yeah, I I don't think I want to work with you. No, we're done. I'm going. I'm going to tell the cops. I did like that. Look, when in that one shot where we're seeing all the graffiti on the wall, and we're coming out of the coffee shop, there's one dude who's walking down the street, and he looks at him sus- suspiciously. It's when Baby puts the cup of the four cups of coffee in front of his face. Yeah, um, and crosses the road. That dude who's coming at him is the same dude who we quickly flash to. In the pickup truck, just sort of like fixing Soldier it. Soldier boy. And then he fucking slams in. Yeah, you know, the, the citizen cop or the... Yeah. I, I guess he, maybe... He's a soldier. He is he a soldier? Yeah. They say that? I figured it was an undercover cop or something. Well, he's got a military... He's an off-duty soldier. Okay, yeah, Like, yeah. you see his pistol is... Uh, it's green. so brief. I just, I just love how Edgar Wright, he never spoon-feeds you shit. Like, it's all subtle it's in, all in the, the background. It's all the details, yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, what are your scores... Numeros. ...on Baby Driver here... Let's figure this one out. I'm going nine out of ten. I I can't. Eight point five does not seem generous enough to what. What it is. What it did. I thought what it was. What it be. What it do. I thought it was a nine point five. It's. I don't think it's as good as Hot Fuzz. Um, it's very close though. And on rewatches, who knows? This could be his best movie. 
Like he's Edgar Wright has thrown another candidate into the mix. He's complicated things. If you want to figure out what the best Edgar Wright movie is, this just makes it harder to do. Yeah, thanks, Edgar Wright. You dick. Making us choose from one of these great movies. Making another awesome movie. I hate it when a director has like a great track record and then they release a movie that's really good. It's their worst movie, but But it's still still better than everyone else's. (laughs) But this one doesn't. Baby Driver is, it stands like among the top of anything he's done. I agree. Mm. I don't think it's quite as tight as Hot Fuzz, just because there's a few things I would like to change but again that may change over time but it's a nine and a half for me what i really fucking love this this movie. is the best movie of the year can can we all at agree? this point can for we, sure we can probably agree on that right yeah Have what we, else what's competing with it for sure at this point it is definitely the best i don't, all, I don't me, know if anything's gonna top it all this competing with is probably get out and uh yeah, get out was what about really apes? good uh i don't feel at home in this world anymore i'm thinking of stuff we've, we've seen. already seen okay uh yeah, it's it's the best film of the year. I am going to go ahead and give this movie an eight and a half out of ten, Ooh, which is like scandalous. I think that it might go up over time. I'm pretty sure that it will. In fact, that'll creep up to like a nine. What's out? Like, I know we got to go. It's, I, it's I know we got to go here. Issues with but... the narrative, really. It's the like some of the missing development. And it stood out to you, eh? It just hmm. left me wanting. It, it, I, I couldn't quite see the motivation for the characters based on what little I was given. So, money for Kevin Spacey, money for Jamie Foxx. No, no, I mean <laughs> not in that way. Like I saw why they were, but but I just couldn't necessarily see Baby making the choices that he would. Yeah, I needed to know more about him. Yeah, well, true enough. I mean, he didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty big motivation, and that they kind of you know, but like they, they do you, underline you, that they made are we, seem, we're square. Or you know this. Are we done? No, we're square. But they made it seem like he had never, like he he never killed anyone, and then it really rattled him when the first person gets killed by bats, and you're and so I I don't know. I need to see like did that affect him? I don't know. I just wanted a little bit more. So eight and a half. These are all legitimate concerns. They are, but like I think it sort of answers it because he is super rattled, and I it, to me it paints a picture of them going smoothly like kevin spacey's a great planner up to this point there hasn't really been any hiccups and then with the introduction of bats shit starts to go sideways and he sees what's like where he really is and he does not want to be part of this anymore so like well, that's- i think it's it's the uh the dude who gets the mike myers masks who really sets sets the shit in motion right hat <laughs> <laughs> yeah hat <laughs> Take the E out because it it would get me better job opportunities. <laughs> no, uh, no one like everyone likes hats. Yeah, if I if I I'll get more job opportunities, to get rid of the E on this hate tattoo. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the the final score on this is maybe to be determined. Red might go up, might go down. I Who knows? Will go up. Edgar, yeah, Edgar we'll Wright is he he's up there with Wes Anderson and Tarantino as these masters of. The craft, but of of the re of the rewatch of the yes. Let let me check. The attention to detail pays off on multiple viewings. Yeah, like check out all these comparable cool, to Cohen Brothers. They're good. They're maybe the best. Actually, yeah. Like, so I'm curious. Yeah, uh, that's our review, Baby Driver. If you agree or disagree with our takes, please email verticalviewing at gmail dot com. Uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. Next Not- next week on the show. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, don't confuse this with Boss Baby. 
No, oh, this is no. better. Also, no. Kevin Spacey. No, or Nine Lives. Don't go see the Nine <laughs> Lives cat movie. Yeah, he's all over the map these days. Yeah, he. I mean, this one is just the material. Edgar Wright will obviously uh, he'll knock this one out of the park because he's oh, Edgar yeah. Wright. Um, next week on the show, we're gonna dangle from buildings with Tony Stark and Peter Parker because I think Spider Man Homecoming is coming home. Uh, we changed the waffles to to a football. Yeah, because it's a homecoming. Because it looks cool. Well, what they could have waffles at a homecoming dance. It doesn't make sense. Um, Everyone loves waffles. Spider-Man's coming in with a football. It's Spider-Man homecoming. Homecoming game. Uh, this thing should be good. I, I've I've heard some quite strong reviews coming out for this. Cannot wait. I think July should be tight. Like Dunkirk and Planet of the Shapes and... Sizzle. Spidey. I yeah, think there, it's going to be a good month. There might be a lot of like eights and nines if we're lucky here. We're start- compared to last year. We're starting off good. Yeah. Which did not have a lot of it's AIDS been good so far. Uh, where can we find you fellows on the internets? Uh, you might find me on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. Right, tight. Uh, I'm elusive, but if you're there at the right time, I'm on Twitter at Michael R. Lind. It's like an eclipse. It's like yeah. Pokemon Go. Ooh, that's a thing that happened. Fizzled. <laughs> Remember how Tim was saying that no one will play this after a while? I'm like, yeah, I... Everyone knows it's a fad. Yeah, I don't play Pong anymore. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Wilson BC. That's with two L's. What about Letterboxed? That's where you can find me on Letterboxed. Scott Wilson with two L's. Sweet. Um, email the show verticalviewing at gmail.com. Please, we want to hear from you. If you want us to review something, you're going to go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Sign up to be a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level supporter of the program. Yeah. Or any element of your choice. We're going to work on some stickers. If you want a vertical viewing sticker, let us know. Is there demand for these? Would you even give a shit? Would you put it on your laptop? Where would you put your sticker? Would you be proud to sport a vertical viewing sticker on your laptop? Let us know. I would. Be like, what is that? Oh, you're you're promoting your own thing. Shameless self-promotion. Cool. cool. Yeah. If you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show, stick an internet pie in your ears every week. And you can be like Martin. You can be like Chris. You can be like Nick. You can be like Joseph. You can be a Patreon supporter and get access to the Vertical Viewing Vault with all sorts of goodies. Or hit us up on verticalviewing.com at com. the uh, donate button there. You can do a PayPal donation mm-hmm. of your choice. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a one-time business. That's just if you want to get in and get out. Quick and dirty. It's not a long-term relationship like Patreon is. It doesn't even have to be one time. You can repeat that if you want. You could. Just, you just would have to You could. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, then just like might go, as well go to Patreon. Go to Patreon because then you get like our Extra holodeck. Stuff. Rewards. Our Aussie walkabout There's where we hang out on that. the holodeck and uh, we fight... Lions and yeah. Darth Tigers Vader. And you, have to, oh you have to check it out, folks. Uh, that's it, I think, guys. You can find our show on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Any podcast software, really. It, it's where you go. Uh, are there any final thoughts from you fellas? What's going on? I'm going to... Uh, like Red doesn't even bother I anymore. popped into a car to go after this movie, and it took a lot of willpower to make sure that Ooh. I was going... The speed Ooh. limit? The speed limit. <laughs> I, I was uh, thinking about how appropriate that right near the end of this movie, John Hamm uh, fell from a high height. Oh, this is a brilliant one, guys. Right? It's Wait, like, he fell in a vertical direction? Yeah, I don't know. No. 
whatever. Keep it vertical. No, we're gonna keep going. That's okay. That's cool. uh, try harder. Um, 